Hey everyone, I'm Josh Loftus, and this is the Everyday Monday podcast, the podcast where we talk about everyday people doing everyday things in everyday churches. Whether you're a pastor, a plumber, or that person who walks around with an essential oils bag, this podcast is for you. And this is where we find value in the trenches of Christian life. Welcome to Everyday a Monday. And in the trenches with me today, I've got a very special guest. He is the associate pastor at Wilson's Mills Baptist Church in Smithfield, North Carolina. He's a Chicago Cubs fan. And if you want to know anything about comics, movies, or general geekdom, he is your man. I have Mr. TJ Tamer in the house today. TJ, how are you doing, my friend? Oh, man, I'm doing good. I'm doing good. A little hoarse, but we'll make it through. We will make it through. It'll be good. It'll be good. Well, let's start off with a softball question for you, my friend. Um, All right. Why is the DC Universe better than Marvel in one or two sentences? Oh, that's really easy. Um, They have better heroes and they have better stories. And that's really all you need. That's exactly true. Couldn't agree more. Yep, for sure. Well, TJ, uh, just give us just a short bio of who you are, man. Um, Married, kids, little known fun fact. Uh, Yeah, sure. So um, I live and have lived my whole life in North Carolina. Mm -hmm. Uh, Grew up on the western part of the state uh, near the foothills of the mountains. Um, My family, my entire family are Wake Forest fans. Uh, As you can see, I don't know if you can see, but as you can see, I see it. Wake Forest t-shirt. Yeah. Yep. So, um, yeah, so I am married. Uh, my wife and I have been married since 2011. We have two children, uh, Wyatt, who is six and Sawyer, who just turned two on Wednesday. Mm -hmm. And so, uh, two little boys and, uh, all the fun that goes with that. Um, we actually live now on the middle Eastern part of the state, which is, uh, Smithfield, North Carolina, Southeast of Raleigh. Uh, the capital, and uh, been living here since I took a church in 2010. Uh, serve, I'm serving at Wilson's Mills Baptist. I have been there for, uh, came in April of 14, so five years uh, now, working right on, on six. Um, I'm the associate pastor, which pretty much means that I do everything that uh, <laughs> the pastor doesn't want to do. That's right. That's how that it's that it's that little clause at the end of the job description and other duties as requested. Right. Exactly. Exactly. (laughs) But my main duties uh, are worship and uh, youth discipleship, Uh, discipleship and youth. So those three separate things. Um, But yeah, so uh, I love baseball. Um, As you said, I'm a Cubs fan, Um, was a Braves fan for most of my life growing up. until the Braves traded away everybody, and that made me angry. Oh, um, boy. Okay, you jumped ship after that, huh? Yeah, I did. About five. I, I came uh, the year that um, Madden came, so uh, I think it was 2014. Okay. Um, and so, I, uh, yeah, the Chipper Jones uh, is my was my favorite Braves and one of my favorite players, probably my favorite player. He retired. They started trading people away. I said, I need a new baseball team but I don't want people to think I jumped on a bandwagon. So let's go with the Cubs cause they suck. And so. <laughs> well, see it, here, <laughs> nobody ever thinks us in Seattle are on, on some bandwagon cause we, we got the Mariners and they ain't doing Jack squat. <laughs> well, that's true. But two weeks ago, uh, one of y'all's guys, uh, man, I forgot his name. Anyways, he stole second, third and home in the same inning. So, yeah. uh, 
yeah, that was pretty have, cool. We have glimpses, glimpses. Yeah, yep, yep, yep. <laughs> so I jumped ship to the worst team, who then two years mm-hmm. later became the world champion, and yeah. uh, good, you know, good I've timing. been there ever since. Yeah. So, yeah, uh, yeah right love baseball. Played baseball. Um, I'm a weird uh, amalgamation of of uh, of a person. Um, my music styles are very eclectic. I like everything from uh, hip hop to some classical to southern gospel to mm. I just I just a country to a ton of different stuff. Yeah. Um, deep, deeply care about theology, but I also love sports, uh, especially baseball. But watch, you know, most everything, and mm-hmm. uh, like you said, all things geek. You know, That's being right. on another podcast, a geek podcast, and so, yep. yeah, man, I'm just a weird person. Yeah, those make the best podcast hosts and co-hosts. Uh, so, TJ, being a pastor there, uh, North Carolina, um, give us just kind of on both ends of the spectrum. What is for you? both the best part of that job, the job that just keeps you coming through the front doors. Right. And then on the other side, what do you find to be the hardest and most difficult aspect of being a pastor there? Um, yeah, most people you would think say would be, um, dealing with people in the middle of their worst case scenario of of life. Um, most people would say that, but I don't, I don't say that because, um, I, I truly believe that right theology will lead to right practice. Amen. That yeah. uh, orthodoxy will lead to orthopraxy. And mm-hmm. um, and so, uh, you know, that's not what it is because I can just point people to Christ. Uh, the my, my favorite part of, of my job is that I get paid to, in different ways, in different avenues, through music, through preaching, through counseling, through Bible study, I get mm-hmm. to um, swim in the deep, waters of theology with people. Mm. Um, so I love um, hanging out in the deep end of the pool. Mm. And uh, I don't, I don't, you know, I, I'll start at the surface if that's where you are, but my goal is to, is to bring you into the deep waters um, right. because it is right. in the deep waters where we find um, the full expression of faith. So that's probably the best part of my job. The hardest part of my job is actually um, pastoring in the South, um, in North Carolina. There's a whole lot of um, residual Bible Belt Christianity. Mm, There's a whole lot of people who have been in church their whole life who think that they're saved when their lives actually show no indication Mm-hmm. that they are followers of Christ. And so just the residual effects of Americanized Christianity, the religion of Christianity, mm-hmm. um, makes that's the hardest part of uh, of my job because it is the antithesis to the gospel. Religion right. is the antithesis to the gospel, and we are steeped in it in the South. Yeah. Yeah, and, and just kind of an offshoot question because that is – that is not a problem we have here in the Pacific Northwest. You know, I'm in the Seattle area. Um, and if anything, there is a famine of anything resembling Christianity, right? So the fight is completely different. And I actually, how do you, how do you, as someone who's writing the Bible belt, like you said, how do you go about combating that? Like out here, you, you share the gospel with somebody and it's the first time they've ever heard it. It's completely brand new out where you're at. You got people like you just said, who've been going to church their entire lives 
think they're Christians, can talk all the right stuff, but they're not. So mm-hmm. how do you fight that battle, man, uh, with people who, yeah, are just who've been saturated in it, but it just the gospel hasn't changed the heart? Yeah, it's tricky because um, uh, because like you said, they're saturated in the right answers, in the religious mm-hmm. answers, but there has been no heart change. Right. And so um, actually what I do is on a very small scale, um, it has to be uh, tailored to the individual. So mm-hmm. a couple of quick examples. Um, as as you can see, and as, if other people look me up online or whatever, they're going to see that I have tattoos, uh, that I have a beard, that I do not look like um, the conventional pastor, sure. especially not a Southern Baptist pastor. Yeah. That when I, we go anywhere, um, people are often shocked that I am a pastor, not because of things I've said or things I've done, but just because of what I look like. Sure. And uh, that I have to meet people where they are. Mm-hmm. But then when they have a problem, what I've had to do is get them to show me in the Bible sure. where these things are wrong. Not just because you heard somebody tell you they were wrong as you grew yeah. up. Right. Just how are these things wrong? And then when they bring it up, not so much a defense mechanism but just to try to help them to see that these are non-issues and should be non-issues in the life of the church. And once you start breaking down those religious barriers that have been erected by the the community or their parents or former pastors Mm -hmm. or religion as a whole, once you um, remove those things, then we are open to have a conversation and they may still not be okay with it. And that's fine. I would never ask anybody to go against their conscience, but let's not call things sin that Christ hasn't called sin. Well, exactly. And that's part of living sola scriptura, right? Like if we're going to believe in the Bible as our sole authority and, but then turn around and make secondary issues, primary issues, Uh, and are willing to break fellowship and call something sin, because once you call something sin, it automatically puts it into the categories. You need a chapter and verse for that, right? Like like sin is black and white, right? You're either in sin or you're not. And yes, there's conscience in there for sure, but we need scriptural evidence and scriptural proof for something we're going to label as sin. And if we can't find it, then it then puts it into the realm of a conscience issue, which is a completely different area (laughs) right yeah Yeah, that would be one of the main fronts of the battle for you down there in the bible belt is that you have so many people who like you said it's this americanized christianity where it's more just about just kind of how the culture views things and rules and regulations and i mean we obviously have things that we do and don't do as, as christians but it becomes about that and not about the gospel and not about scripture being our authority and you're having to take that and basically reshape how people are viewing just just Christianity as a whole. <laughs> right? Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, no, for sure. So um TJ, give us just a little uh, just a quick synopsis real quick of how um how Christ found you. Just just how how you came to Christ and what what that process looked like in your life. Yeah, so I'm uh 
I'm typical of um, most Southern Baptists in that uh, <laughs> okay. I've grown, I grew up in the church. Um, right. You know, obviously typical of Southern Baptist 30 years ago. Um, sure. Now that, that, that may not be, it may be atypical, but, but I grew up in the church. Uh, my parents uh, were believers and faithfully took us to church. Um mm-hmm. We actually went to an independent Baptist church on the other side of the state, <clears throat> excuse me, where my grandmother was the preacher. I got, I have thoughts about that now, Ooh. but back then I, I, you know, I didn't know any better. Sure. And so um, uh, my mom and I still disagree on it. So we don't bring it up. And so, yeah. uh, you know, both love the Lord. It's just one of those things where, uh, you know, that's a tough thing my grandmother got Alzheimer's and so she had to step down from her position. Um, and it was 30 minutes away. We weren't going to continue. Plus the way they handled it, uh, kind of put some, a bad taste in our family's mouth, um, Mm -hmm. for that. And so we wanted to go to a church closer to our house, uh, but not the first church we came to. So we went a couple churches and actually landed on a, uh, a church in Winston-Salem called old town. And it's there when I was 13, uh, was at youth camp, heard uh, Hellfire and Brimstone message, mm. uh, didn't want anything to do with that. And so, I, you know, it's hard to say because I had that experience, talked to my family deacon. Uh, he shared the gospel with me, accepted Christ, was baptized at that church. So as a church kid who grew up in the church, I knew all the right answers. I was at church every time the doors were open, you know, and then when I got to college, in 2006, went to the Passion Conference, heard John Piper speak for the first time, and um, he wrecked my whole world on the Bible. Yeah. <laughs> He's done and, that uh, to a few of us, yeah. <laughs> yeah, just wrecked my whole world on my view of Scripture. And so these moments uh, throughout. So at some point from 8 to 22, somewhere mm-hmm. in there, the gospel actually got a hold of me. Yeah. And, and, and what I knew and had learned at church connected with the spirit or by the spirit to my heart. Hmm. And so, uh, yeah. So, I mean, yeah. it's just kind of, it kind of happened through the faithful ministering of the word through multiple people over many years. And at some point in there, it clicked from being just head knowledge mm-hmm. to being in my heart as well. Yeah, very cool. Um, So being one of the pastors there, this is obviously kind of part of what you and some of the other pastors there do um, um, and are responsible for is when you think about service in your church and getting plugged in, um, getting your members uh, encourage you know encouraging your members to get plugged in in church and to serve and to to go to you know small groups or Bible studies right how does your church as a whole encourage and facilitate service and getting plugged in amongst the people that are uh, that are attending there yeah um, we don't do it as well as we should um, one of the good things about having a bunch of religious people um, is that they're religious about their <laughs> Uh, their their duties and their service, mm-hmm. and so um, is as long as you have good people mm-hmm. in those places, then you don't run into a problem. It's when you have the religious person that's also not a great theologian or mm-hmm. not a great character that won't give up that position 
Sure. That that's when it turns into a problem. But but there's other people that you say, hey, we we need you. God has mm-hmm. gifted you as many members with of the same body with Christ as the head and different giftings yeah. and, and, and focuses and all these things. God is using us in this local expression. Mm-hmm. And so you were vital. And so if, you know, and, and so we try to tell our new members, prospective members, but then our congregation as it comes up in the text, so that if our feet decide that they don't want to be feet anymore or they don't want to serve, then right. that damages the whole body. Right. And so, you know, just trying right. to keep that because I think people either fall into I'm lazy and I'm not going to do anything. And right. if that's where they fall, you're not going to change their mind. It doesn't right. matter what you say. Yeah. But then you have some people that fall into the ignorance of, I didn't know how vital this was, or I didn't know that this is what something I was supposed to be doing. You can correct me if I'm wrong, but like just, just listening because you are in the Bible belt. Right. And, 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 and you said that, that one of the, one of the things that helps is that people there are already so religious. Right. So out here in the Pacific Northwest, in the Seattle area, it, I mean, it's like pulling teeth to get people to serve, right? So would you say, uh, and again, correct me if you think I'm wrong here, but would you say that it's not so much finding the warm bodies to serve? It's for you, it's more making sure that the motives and the reasoning that they are serving is worked on. Yeah, sure, because they'll come. Now, obviously, there's some yeah. things that nobody will sign up for just because they don't. Like they don't. children's ministry, dang it. Exactly, exactly. <laughs> Always holes in the children's ministry. There but, are. Yeah. And you can, but down here, it's real easy. I could guilt any one of these people into doing something. Yeah. <laughs> but but that's not going to, I'm just, you know, it's a gift. It's a gift. It's that <laughs> Southern Baptist charm. <laughs> right. I mean. Oh, God bless them. If we need this and you come to my office or I call you into my office, by the end of it, you're going to do it. You're going to be doing something. Yeah. But it's not helpful because they don't feel called. So they're not being equipped and yeah. they're doing it begrudgingly, yeah. which not only affects them, but also the people they're serving with or over or under. And so, right. Yeah. That's the thing. It's not so much the bodies as much as it is. We need people to to look inside, see how God has particularly gifted them. Yeah. And then to use that in his service. Right. Exactly. Exactly. So that goes right into the next question is, especially you as a pastor who is, has as one of his functions, identifying that in people, right? Um, How, what, what would you say someone, so you have a lot of people serving in church, right? There's always good reasons, good motivations for doing that. And bad reasons and bad motivations, right? So sure. what would you say are, again, on both sides of the spectrum, what do you think are some good and bad motives? Yeah, sure. Um, well, I think the good motivations are um, that they see the need. And even if they're ill-equipped for that particular task, mm-hmm. um, they see the need and so they want to serve, the willingness to serve. That's a great thing. We just probably need to tweak and adjust where you serve because while your willingness is there and I appreciate your willingness, mm-hmm. if you're not a teacher, then I don't need you to teach. Sure. Like that's just, that's not going to be it. Um, but I think that there's also bad motivations in that people want to be seen. Mm. They want to feel useful, but 
so that they'll feel better about themselves, not right. useful so that God uh, is glorified, but useful so that people could look at them and see their sacrifice. Hmm. Uh, those are bad motivations. And really, to get to the core of people's motivations, you have to see what it is that they value. Right. And the way that you find out what it is that they value is you lay up in front of them the most valuable thing, which is mm. Christ. Yeah. Amen. The best way to figure out what people value is to lay in front of them that which is most valuable and see sure. how they respond. Yeah. 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 I agree. I agree. Yeah, for sure. That's that's all yeah, very, very good stuff. Um and it's it's those people, TJ, that that I have served with and that I've had the pleasure of both leading and being led by. Um, it's those people that hold Christ as most valuable and hold Christ as the in and all of who they are and why they do what they do. It's those people that are such an encouragement to me. And, and, and really, really, uh, I mean, it, it, and it's an overused word in our society for sure, but, but are truly an inspiration to me and they and it and it's it's people like that that the lord uses to <clears throat> instill in me a desire to want to follow christ more uh because i see the examples right paul held up uh epaphroditus and 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 i think it was uh barnabas as people who are worthy of honor like look at them as examples god is using them in amazing ways right um so for you tj whether it's people that are in your church now uh people that you've read, people that you listen to, whatever the case, who are the Christians in your life that inspire you and cause you to want to follow Christ more fervently than you do now? And what are the traits that they possess that that instill that in you? Um, yeah. So I'll start here. Um, April 2nd of this year, uh, we lost my dad unexpectedly. Um, oh, I'm sorry, man. Yeah. And uh, just... Got a, uh, he, my mom actually called my in-laws, which we live close to my in-laws mm -hmm. and they came over to the house and, and, and just kind of broke the news to us. She didn't, she didn't think she could tell us on, tell me on the phone. So of course we get oh. in the car, head home and, uh, deal with that and are continuing to deal with that. But my dad, um, for, from really the majority of his life, um, mm -hmm. he died at 62. So for, 50 plus years as a believer, he daily read the word. And so he read through the Bible probably 80 times um, as a, as a Christian. He, he had his plan where every three years he read through the Bible twice. Wow. Um, and, uh, and so um, uh, maybe a little less than that. I don't remember. Anyway, so, but um, he showed me the importance of being in the Word of God mm -hmm. and um, made me get, set that up as an example for me to follow. Um, but then getting to know people like Pat and Joe mm, sure. and, uh, <clears throat> excuse me, and, and, and they all have, you know, different air around them mm -hmm. and they all, approach faith in different ways. And so right. I, I'm able to glean things from them, which is different than listening to, you know, I love Matty Chan. 
right? I love sure. Matt Chandler, love uh, listening to Piper, to Tim Keller, to H.B. Charles Jr. I love these guys. Alistair Begg is probably one of my favorites right, right. now. Right now, I'm 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 on a kick between Alistair Begg, H.B. Charles, and Thabiti Anuile. Like I just kind of there you go, those, there you those, go. Uh, you just like the accents. I like, do, man. Because you've got one. Right? I, I, I do, but my accent. Or do I have one? Hold on. Which, which one? I don't know. Most people think my accent makes me sound stupid. But, man, I wish I had uh, everything that I say would sound so much cooler if I was Scottish like Alistair. Oh, anything anybody says sounds cooler if it's in a Scottish accent. I don't care what you're saying. Right. Exactly. <laughs> you could be dumb as a bag of rocks. And if you're saying dumb things in a Scottish accent, I'm going to think that you're a professor somewhere. That's exactly right. <laughs> you know, I, if I thought that swallowing gravel would let me sing like Chris Stapleton or read like James Earl Jones, <laughs> there I, you go. I would do it in a minute. We'd be out there <laughs> eating rocks. <laughs> if I thought that would help, man. They just have that oh, voice, man. but you know, those guys, what they bring is different because they bring clarity to the word of God, but I don't, mm. I don't know them. No, they're not, they're not calling to see how you're doing. Like, yeah. like they're not calling to see like where, where your blind spots are and encouraging yeah. you and convicting you. Right. Yeah, sure. So those other guys, um, that, 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 that have, have ministered to me and with me, uh, through different parts of my life, my senior pastor mm. now. Uh, Billy, who 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 shows me, um, you know, because we're, I'm more prophetic in my leadership that I'm more uh, the communicator of truth. Uh, he's mm. more pastoral, uh, okay. and and so he's he's showing me what it looks like to be more of a shepherd, mm. sure, than to be the expositor. And uh, you know, so I, yeah, those are just some guys um, that really have come alongside of me and poured time into me to, like you said, show blind spots or to encourage or. Uh, to go in the same direction with. Right. Right. Yeah. No, that, and that's so, that is so encouraging to have those friends that are with you and are helping you through those times. Um, one of the greatest memories that I have of, of, uh, and, and one of the greatest joys that I have is going through different experiences with friends, the life experiences, like, you know, whether good or bad. Right. Um, uh, and I know you being a pastor, uh, especially, you know, growing up in the church too, in the, in the Bible belt, I guarantee, I guarantee you have those unforgettable church moments and those, those, those funny experiences. So, so TJ, I want you to give us one of the most funniest or unforgettable church moments or church experiences you have ever had? <laughs> um, okay. So when I was uh, at my home church, yeah, we, uh, I was, <coughs> excuse me, I was interning with the youth and okay. we have a game that we like to play called communist church. It's a tag in the dark. And so, yeah. So basically what happens what happens is you have uh, a couple of Christians uh, who you have a couple of Christians and a couple of communists. You set the Christians and the communists loose <laughs> and see what happens. And so uh, the church, the, my home church is quite large. You know, we knew I knew all the direct routes being an intern and yeah. uh, having gone there my whole life. I knew how to get where I needed to get uh, mm -hmm. through different means. And my brother and I uh, played, we played, my brother's three years younger than me. 
And so um, then they wanted us to be the communist. Okay. And so, uh, cause they thought that they could, you know, beat us. And sure. we were like, uh, you can't, but okay. And so we, we set them loose. And basically for the next 30, 45 minutes, we uh, ran around the church chasing these teenagers. Okay. And uh, because we we're smarter than them, we uh we we we're like raptors and that sure. we would, there's always one there's always one on the left right, right? We, would, we would flank the children and so my brother was at the my brother's faster than me he's taller than me right and so uh i chased the children thinking and they were like ha ha he's fat and slow he's not going to catch us right but what they did know is i was leading them to my brother <laughs> and we Who brought even, down the iron sickle <laughs> right and so uh yeah there was times where this one kid who was one of our uh senior boys who mm-hmm. you know just thought he was all that um, oh yeah you know yeah. needed to was, be knocked knocked down a couple notches right yeah literally because he was running down the hallway <laughs> i was chasing him he laughed and said you're never going to catch me and he rounded the corner and my brother jacked him up against the wall and so he got out, but then somebody clever said girl. <laughs> exactly. Somebody set him free and he got through and he took the door and he slammed the door behind him. It was one of those metal doors with the bar across the center. Oh yeah. Yeah. Sure. 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 And so uh, we tagged him and uh, we got in trouble because uh, the door folded. The top part of the door folded. Ooh, no way. Yeah, so the next morning at church, we had to let the pastor know, the youth pastor and us had to let uh, the pastor know that we uh, caved in a door. Yeah. So. Yeah. But what did you expect in a lock-in, I, youth pastor? Like, honestly, come on. Let's be honest. Especially when you set them loose in the whole building. I mean, right. It's a bunch of communists. What are you going to expect going to happen to the private property? <laughs> I know. Yeah, so crazy things uh, like that, man. Well, TJ, um, we're coming to the end of the podcast here, man, but not quite yet because it is now time for the Monday Hot Takes. And uh, this is when I ask you a whole bunch of random questions and you give me the first thing that pops into your head. You ready for these? I'm ready. All right, let's go. All right, we're going to start off a little easy. Uh, I know you said you're an eclectic guy in this area, but we're going to see if we can narrow it down. Uh, Favorite band or slash musical artist? Uh, the Beatles would not have pegged you for a Beatles fan. Okay, you are. That's that's. Okay. Oh, I like a whole right. bunch. Yeah. Uh, let's see. Coffee or tea? Uh, tea. Sweet tea. Sweet tea. Okay. All right. Yeah. That. From the south, man. From the south. <laughs> if you're talking like herbal Sweet. tea, then it's coffee. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Well, that's the tea out here in the Pacific Northwest. I hear tea, and I'm thinking black tea with, you know, a little bit of sugar, not sweet tea. No, 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 <laughs> no, no, no. If you're taking that tea, then coffee. Yeah. There you go. Fair <laughs> enough. Uh, okay. All right, TJ, what is one thing about current Christian culture that's annoying to you? Uh, snowflakes. Snow Snowflakes? <laughs> just, okay. They're out of there, you know, snowflakes outside of the church, but also just snowflakes inside the church. Too. Sure. Sure. I hear you. Uh, okay. Uh, let's see. Uh, if you could close one fast food chain, which one would it be? Arby's. Really? You're going to close Arby's? Well, I had a bad experience. <laughs> uh, <okay>. <laughs> That's fine. I had a bad we'll, leave, we'll leave that. Eight, eight Arby's right before they closed one day. What, it didn't, yeah. did not go well. 
we'll leave that on the floor. Uh, no pun intended. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, okay. Um, okay. All right, TJ. If you could disinvent one thing, what would it be? The internet. All right. Uh, what's the worst book you've ever read? I'll preface it. You didn't need to finish the book. Uh, living your best life now. I, I just. <laughs> the, the Olsen book? <laughs> yeah, I just could not. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> if this is my best life now, then I ain't looking forward to anything else. <laughs> No, no, I'm not. Uh, okay. What is the craziest or most out of character thing you've ever done? <laughs> I sang God Bless the Broken Road to a bride to be on her <laughs> bachelorette weekend while on a mission trip. <laughs> what? <laughs> we were on a mission trip to Canada. We stopped in Maine to drive over into Canada, and we were at a crab shack basically. And this group of ladies were there on a bachelorette weekend and they had wow. like a scavenger hunt for the bride to do. And one of the things that she had to do was to get somebody to sing a love song to her. Okay. And she asked our senior pastor who did not, who, who de- declined. Who, yeah, so yeah. I went over, I went over there in front of the entire bar restaurant and sang God bless the broken road to this, somebody else's woman. Wow. Okay. All right. Well, uh, I got nothing to follow that up with. That's a, that's a good, <laughs> that's a good story. <laughs> that's that's yeah. good. Uh, let's see. What is one trend that you would like to see come back that has died out? Mm. Wallet chains. <laughs> oh, gosh. Uh, boom boxes. Oh yeah, holding it on the shoulder, like yeah, the yeah. big yeah. rectangle ones. Big angle silver yeah, rectangles. Yeah. Yes, with the cassette tapes, right? Playing that, crisscross. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. Oh, that's awesome. I completely agree. Okay, uh, least favorite food. Oh, um, salad. I okay. do not eat the food that my food eats. I love how practical that explanation is. <laughs> oh, that's good stuff. All right. So, hey, I actually, you'll, you'll be proud of me. I got Pat to answer this question. Uh, okay. What is your, what is, if you could pick one superpower, what would it be? Man. Oh, okay. I have two. Um, one's, okay. One's uh, ministry related. Oh, okay. And one's not. Okay. Uh, the one that's not ministry related is uh, super speed, which oh, the yeah. flash the flash is my dude. So yes. I'm, I'm here okay. for it, uh, and all of that that it, that entails. Uh, the one that would be ministry related would be the ability to understand, to read, and to write in any language that I wanted to. Oh, that would be cool. That would be cool. Yeah, I, yeah, that one would be nice. Yeah. yeah, Pat said telepathy, and I called him creepy. <laughs> <laughs> Because it's either that or or the guy that chooses that chooses invisibility. Yeah, <laughs> and it's like you're a perv. <laughs> yeah, no, can't do that one. Pick it up. <laughs> we ain't saying that one. Uh, okay, favorite movie? Tombstone. All right, that's the. Will you be my Huckleberry? Right. Yep. 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 All right. What is your go-to karaoke song? God Ooh. bless the broken road. <laughs> <laughs> it would I just sing, be... it, sing it to random women now. I've got the karaoke track playing on a boombox and I just walk down the street. 
<laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah. Well, now, so now all these inhibitions have popped up. <laughs> yes. Yes, that's right. That's right. We got to uh, gotta talk uh, about that. Uh, go-to karaoke song would either be Gangster's Paradise. Yes. Or Ice Ice Baby. Oh, okay. That's awesome. I love <laughs> I love it. Uh, there's nothing more I want to s- see and hear than a guy with your southern drawl <laughs> singing Gangster's Paradise. Yeah, so the, uh, we have a daycare at the church, and the, the directors are working on bringing in packets, uh, like okay. packets, and they're going through them and whatever. And Gangster's Paradise came on uh, while they were doing it, and I just happened to walk past and just started exactly where it was and just kept rapping as I walked past them. <laughs> Money and the power, hour after hour. Exactly. <laughs> That's what it is, man. Oh, I love it. That's so awesome. Well, TJ, uh, we've come to the end, man. Uh, it has been so much fun having you on the podcast. Yep. I really appreciate it. Thanks for being on with me today. Absolutely, man. Good time. Good time. <laughs> All right. Well, hey, everyone, you can head on over to iTunes and leave a raving review and a five-star rating if you don't mind. Uh, You can subscribe to this podcast on iTunes, Google Music, YouTube, Spotify, Stitcher, wherever you find your podcasts, we are there. Head on over to Facebook.com slash Everyday A Monday Podcast, Instagram at Everyday A Monday Pod. And thank you all for joining us in the trenches today. And we will catch you on the next step of Everyday A Monday.